All right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me, as always, Connor Sparrow. We're here to talk about the NBA playoffs. If you didn't check out last week's episode, I mean, there's no point in really checking it out now. The playoffs have already started. We did a preview <laughs> with Zach Noble. Great episode. We're back with Connor. It's the original crew. When we're going to do, be doing the NFL draft next week. Stay tuned for that. But let's talk about the NBA playoffs. Let's just get right into it. This has been the funnest NBA playoffs. I think it's been the most fun since the bubble. I know people always say, like, oh, the bubble yeah. had bad viewership numbers, whatever. The bubble playoffs were out of control good, and I think this is even better. There's just so much parity in the league right now. And I touched on this in one of our prior episodes about just the talent in the league is so spread out now. There's The league is just so deep. But there's so many just amazing players in the league. And now we're getting a chance to see it, especially in the Western Conference. Every one of these first-round series – besides probably Denver, Minnesota, it's going to be a game. It's going to be a series, and I've loved it so far. I've loved it. I loved it. It's been unreal. Uh, let's start. Let's just – should we just get right into things? Any, I think we any should. Note, any notes on the playoffs before we start? They are taking my money. I'll tell you that. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, getting, we're getting destroyed. I had a great, great last couple months of the regular season, and I am on an all-time cold streak. Vegas – FanDuel could build a new casino off what I've lost. I, 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 I'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, it before we like get into it though, it feels like there's a lot of teams that just like if they lose these like it's so winnable for everyone. But also if they go into this and lose right away, they're gonna have to blow things up. There's a lot of like teams on the verge of like we need to wrap the TNT around them, get things yep. prepared to start exploding everything. Yeah, um, the first team that comes to mind, even though they made the playoffs from the play-in tournament, the Miami Heat. I mean, we don't have to get into it too much, but yeah, where where are they realistically going next year in two years? Like, yes, Bam's a great young player, but he's been inconsistent. Jimmy Butler can't do everything. Everybody else is aging or kind of irrelevant. Tyler Hero's a good piece, but other than that, who do they really have? Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson. Those guys don't do anything for me. They sound like Hornets. They do. They do. <laughs> Caleb Martin actually was the Greensboro Swarm legend. All right, let's start things off. Let's start in the Western Conference. We're recording right, right. now. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, April 18th. Right now, the Knicks and Cavs are about to start. I have Jared Allen first bucket, please. And then we're also watching the Hawks, Cat, or Hawks Celtics right now. But let's start off in the West. Last night, Kings Warriors. This is the series right now. I mean, it is. every game. This feels like a Western Conference Finals series right now. Those games in Sacramento are unbelievable. You've been to Sacramento. You know how insane those crowds are. Awesome. Get. Sacramento, yeah. it's unbelievable. They have the best home court advantage in the league right now. Kings are up 2-0 on the Warriors. I'll start this off. What I want to start this off by saying is, is this more an indictment on the Warriors, or is this the fact that the Kings are just good? I think it's a little of both. I think it's a, I think there's a big indictment on the Warriors being lackadaisical. They kind of sleepwalk through the season. Wiggins missed you know, the last few months of the season. They sleepwalk through the season. They lose all these games on the road. They never really got it together, never really gelled. And I feel like people underplayed it. Everybody was like, when they get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter. They're a championship team. They're coming off a title, which is true. They have experience. But people were doubting the Kings. As soon as this matchup came out, the Warriors were favorites. Everybody and their mother was like, Golden State, Golden State. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. But it can't be understated. They didn't play together at the end of the year. They they, you know, they thought they had a cakewalk through the regular season, and they can turn it on whenever they wanted to. I don't know, man. I mean, the Kings are for real. I, I thought they might be a little fraudy. They don't have a good defense. That you know, they just outscore teams in the regular season. But man, they turned it on. They turned it on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like it's easy to say that like game three will tell us everything, but game yeah. three will tell us everything. Even if the Warriors win, if it's a close win and the Kings look better in that game, then we we kind of know what's going on. But I think the storyline is that the Warriors road games, like we always, everyone thought, including myself, was just talk themselves into, oh, they'll flip it on, they'll flip the switch on, like they've been yeah. there before, they'll be fine. They the road games is real, and again, and they're going against the best home crowd in the yeah. NBA playoffs right now. I I don't know about the Warriors, man. Like I know the Kings are now the betting favorites to get out. Obviously, you're up two games. They're minus yeah. one fifty four on like most books or whatever. But do you see the Warriors coming out of this one? I'm having a hard time now. They have to win both of these at home. If Sacramento steals one in the Chase Center, I think it's over. Golden State cannot go back to that environment down 3-1. I don't think it'll happen for them if that's the case. Like you said, though, I've been to Sacramento. The fans there are awesome. I didn't know what to expect. Like I knew it was their first playoff game in however many years. 
and everybody on Twitter was like, oh, the atmosphere. It still didn't prepare me because even just watching on TV, it was electric. Because even when I went, I went the first year the Golden One Center was active, and their team was just absolutely awful. I mean, I bought a Justin Jackson Kings jersey. Like, that's how bad <laughs> it was. And it was an awesome game to go to, and the fans were there. So I'm glad they're in it. I'm glad they're having success. But for the Warriors, if they drop one of these next two games at home, I really do think it's over. For everyone listening right now, no, you're not crazy. Uh, there were sirens in the background. Connor lives on the south side of Chicago, apparently. Listen, downtown Hartford, uh, sometimes it's a little sketchy, so everybody listening, you know. I'm moving next week. I'm moving next week. There'll be a new background, so, you know. Uh, but, yeah, like, I the the Warriors' best lineup going into this thing right now is Steph Clay, Gary Payton, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond if they're able to. That's their yeah. best five. I, Jordan Poole has been a liability, not just defensively, but also on offense. On offense, I was texting you last night. Jordan Poole has so much I'm a Houston Rocket in him. He just wants to be a Houston Rocket so, so freaking bad. I mean, name a better AAU team than Jalen Green, Jordan Poole, Josh Christopher, and Kevin Porter. I mean, that is just AAU central. I can't wait for our summer podcast when we're having to do like the NBA All Mentally Weak team. The oh, all yeah. NBA, all, the All AAU NBA team. Cam Reddish would be on there, too, as a six-man six of the year for an AAU team. Oh, yeah. LaMelo's probably leading the team. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, <laughs> no, like, but Le- Leangelo Ball is the guy that got his, – his parents still paid the money, but he's never going to see the court. <laughs> LeVar Ball's coaching. Is, you know, it's, it's just like when LaMelo used to play. About the Jordan Poole point, though, Carter, i got to say, I wrote this down also. He's just been a non-factor. For a guy making that much money, in game one, yeah, he had 17. It was a very quiet 17. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a loud 17. He wasn't like, man, look at Jordan Poole big-time buckets. Like, yeah, he had 17, but it's like he wasn't there. This game, one for seven from the floor, four points. If he's not producing buckets on offense, if he's not creating, if he's not, you know, getting that quick first step, getting to the rim, what do you really have him on the court for? Because he can't guard. He cannot guard. They're putting him in the pick and roll every time. And if he switches it, it's just dead meat. So I think his minutes are going to continue to decrease in favor of Gary Payton, Dante DiVincenzo, these guys that, you know, can actually play some defense. And the other thing, too, is he stalls the offense too much. He It just yeah. becomes a little iso ball-y where, you know, he he dances for about 10 seconds and then he drives, gets trapped, and then puts himself in a bad spot or he takes a contested three. And he, he's a great shooter and he's an unbelievable player, but the decision-making is so poor and it just doesn't fit the Warriors' offense. Moses Moody got a couple minutes in this past game, and he honestly he looked not bad in them. He got so those I'm just two, saying, he got those two fouls in like thirty seconds, not even thirty I'm just, seconds. I'm just saying they're looking for defense. I wouldn't be surprised for Steve Carter to try to plug him in. Which leads me to my next point, Carter. How much does Mike Brown coaching under Steve Kerr for all those years play into this? Because it really looks like the Kings not know they don't know what's coming from the Warriors, but they know how to play them. And I know it's because Mike Brown's on that staff for so many years. I think it's that, and I just think it's just. The, nobody believed in the in the Kings. Like yeah. they just had the chip on their shoulder. They had their home crowd. Like I know I keep saying it. That's the third time I've said it. But it doesn't like if you watch these games. The first thing you notice is holy crap that place is going bananas. That is so yeah. underrated when a team is nine and thirty or eleven and thirty one or whatever on the road. Whatever the Warriors yeah. are. I think it's that. I think the Mike Brown point. I think that's fair. I think that only goes so far. I agree. I mean, it's up to the players at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think it only goes so far. <laughs> but I do think that's a big factor. Like they know they know certain guys where, hey, we can get into Steph by being yeah. physical. We can get into Clay Thompson. We can get into Jordan Poole doing X, Y, and Z. I think that's a good point you bring up. Do you think it's that I mean, do you think it's made that big of a difference or do you think it's just Kings are just hot? I think it's worth noting the Mike Brown situation. I think it definitely plays into their advantage. I also want to comment on though, off ball. If you watch Curry off ball, He's, you know, I don't want to be this guy, but he's getting grabbed off the ball. They're grabbing him around screens. He's trying to maneuver off these off-ball screens. Yeah, the Warriors set moving screens. We've known that for years. He is getting grabbed, and the rest are kind of letting it go. So they're letting him play this physical brand of basketball. One of the most, one of the major advantages for the Kings so far in these two games has been their bench, though. Alex Lynn, Trey Lyles, Davion Mitchell, and obviously Malik Monk. They have made winning plays in both of these games. All four of them. That's a nine-man rotation right there. Keegan Murray's been a little non-existent, but those are nine guys that are making winning plays. The Warriors bench has been very inconsistent. We touched on Poole. 
DiVincenzo's been, eh, you know, Wiggins came off the bench that one game, and he's been okay, but he's still rusty. Gary Payton's been their only good bench player. That's underrated. To have those guys that can come in and spell Fox, spell Sabonis. Meanwhile, Curry and Clay and Draymond, you know, they're getting up there in age. They're going to have to play 40 minutes if they want to keep it competitive. Their bench has just not been nearly as good as the Kings this series so far. Yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up for all these series is that depth. I know we're only game one and game two's in, so everything can change. We're overreacting to stuff. But depth is so big right now. We saw the Clippers' Suns like – the Suns don't have a backup point guard, so they, there's nothing they can do. The Warriors and uh, you mentioned like the Warriors, their bench has just been terrible. The Kings yeah. have been unbelievable. Let's talk about the Kings for a second. Yeah, every team needs a Malik Monk. They, you know, Malik Monk. He is now he's taking the mantle of Jordan Clarkson. He is. I mean, I when he was a Hornet, we watched him for many years as a Hornet. I knew he could get buckets. I knew he could he could you know flip on that ignite switch. Even when he's at Kentucky. In that Carolina game, him and Fox, we knew he had a switch. I did not know he could do this in a playoff game. I had no, I had no inkling that Malik Monk would ever play this meaningful minutes in a playoff game because he's, he's hooping right now. I don't think he does it in Golden State though. I don't think so either. But then again, he's not a starter. It's not like he's the best player on the team. So what they've got from him already is is way more than they expected. I, I bet. Yeah, and then Jaron Fox just took over. Like everyone, everyone mentions it. Like if you've listened to any NBA podcast talking yeah, about, yeah, Darren Fox clutch points. I mean, he's shown up in the clutch both games too. It's unbelievable. He just won Clutch Player of the Year as we're recording this podcast. I think they made it official, which it should be unanimous. But yeah, hundred percent. He was getting whatever he wanted, especially game one. He had thirty-eight. It's not even how he was getting them. I've heard some people touch on this on social media. He was just getting whatever he wanted to, getting that penetration in the lane. I don't know what the Warriors have for him. Gary Payton has to guard him the majority of the game because there's nobody else in that Warriors team that can stay in front of him at the end of the day. Who do you think wins this series? I mean, the Kings up 2-0. I think they have all the momentum. And I'm not going to sit here and say 100% the Warriors are out. But if you put a gun to my head and said, choose, I'm I'm taking the Kings in six. I'm taking the Kings in six. I think, weirdly enough, they steal one in Golden State, go back home and lose, and then they close it out in Golden State. Call me crazy. <laughs> Jalen Brunson first bucket. You got to be kidding me. Um, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, I still want to take the Warriors. I mean, now's the time if you want to take them. But I, I, man, I don't they look vulnerable. They look vulnerable. They don't look like they care is what the biggest thing for me. They don't look like they care. Like Draymond obviously is putting on the show, the whole charade and all that. But the Warriors don't look like they give a crap at the end of games. They're just like, yeah, whatever, you know, like it happens. But I guess that's, you know, they've been there before. I don't know. It, we'll see. Game three will we'll tell you everything. If they go out and just blow out the Kings, then you're like, okay, we'll probably have a seven, six, seven game series right. no matter what. During the, uh, during the run last year, it seemed like the Warriors had that chip on their shoulder. Everybody thought we were done, especially like, you know, Clay coming back from injury and everything. People thought the dynasty was over. So they played with that fire last year. And you saw it throughout the regular season this year. They never really turned it on. And it's coming back to Biden right now. They just don't have that flame with under them. Last thing I'll say about this is that Draymond's dream. Is, is this Draymond Green's last series as a Warrior? Because I think somebody has to go from this, this core right now. I think it's Draymond's. I think it is too. I don't think we'll see this same roster next year. There's no way, especially not if they get bounced first round. Yeah, I think I think Draymond, maybe even Jordan Poole. That's a lot of money to unload, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I I can't I can't say you're wrong. Jordan Poole for Trey Young, straight up. Uh, anyhow, no, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Kings up two zero in that one. That's just the funnest series by far. It uh, is. Let's talk it's about been the, so electric. Let's talk about the game tonight. Uh, well, we. I know you're listening to this right now. You're probably like, oh, these idiots don't realize that so-and-so already won. Uh, Clippers up 1-0. Uh, another game in Phoenix tonight. Yep. This this is awesome. Kawhi versus Katie is something we should have had for years. Forever. We, like, they agree. should be like, this is something that just like sl- just got put under the carpet, put under the rug. They right. should be like, this should have been the rivalry. I agree. And it's so nice to see them guarding each other in the fourth quarter. I mean, I was watching that game. I was like, yes, match up with each other. KD denied Kawhi the ball in that last possession. Like, it was awesome. No, it's, I mean, Kawhi's just playing out of his mind. Like, I know I always talk about the Clippers just like, oh, you know, they're not going to be able to put it together. You know, Kawhi Leonard sits out too many games. But, dude, I mean, he that, that was vintage Kawhi Leonard. 
it vintage was. Kawhi and Leonard. They're going to have to start doubling him or something because if they just leave Tory Craig out there on the island with Kawhi Leonard, that's that's like war crimes. Like that should be punishable by death because anybody they put out there, maybe besides Kevin Durant. If they put Tory Craig, if they put Josh Okogie out there on him one on one and don't send help from the backside, I mean, it's a bucket every time. I thought it was kind of ironic. We were texting about this and we were just talking about depth just now. Uh, the irony of the team that doesn't have continuity, you know, usually flops in the playoffs. Obviously, the Suns don't have that, but the yeah. Clippers are the prime suspect. They've been the poster child of not having continuity playing together in all these years, and they're going to win this series, possibly. It is a little ironic, because for so many years, the Clippers have been very theoretical. It's, man, if Kawhi and Paul George come back in time for the first round, they are ready. Man, if Paul George gets that angle healthy before the second round, if Kawhi comes back from the ACL tear, if, if, if. They've always been the ifs, never met expectations. And still are the ifs. We've only, it's only been game They one. are. And Paul George <laughs> isn't playing. Like We're still here. Paul George isn't playing. They're still not 100%. Think about the Suns. I, I thought this immediately as I, as I was watching the fourth quarter, and then I was validated. I heard some, heard some other people like Rusillo talk about this as well. They had way too much clutch time action with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul in the pick and roll. You can't have Durant and Booker arguably – well, not arguably, but they're two of the best three players in that series with Kawhi. They're just sitting in the corner watching. They're sitting in the corner watching. They're not moving, not cutting. They're not involved in the pick and roll. At what point do you give Booker or Durant the ball – and have the other one screen. Like, you want your best two players in that action. Yeah, that's I don't what, get it. I don't get it's, it. If you're a Suns fan, it's infuriating because you have two of two top five shot makers in the league right now yeah. on, the sa- on, on the same team. Give them the ball in ISO situations, end of, end of the games in a playoff series when you say, I need a bucket. You have two of definitely top ten, potentially right. top five guys in the league, and the number one guy in Kevin Durant. Yeah, and the thing is, I would take a forced Kevin Durant shot or a fadeaway Devin Booker mid-range, whatever you want to call it, over a Chris Paul floater or over a DeAndre Ayton 10-foot push shot over Zubats or whoever's guarding him. I'm taking the Durant-Booker mid-range every time, and they're good enough to knock down these tough shots. We've seen it. We've seen especially Durant be the number one option, just taking every shot down the stretch because he has to. And it works. He doesn't have to take every single shot in Phoenix. Booker, Chris Paul, Aiden, they can alleviate some of the pressure, but man, watching Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton run that high pick and roll and just watching Kevin Durant and Booker stand there, it's bailing out the defense. It's bailing out the other team, and that's not the reason you got Kevin Durant. If you're going to trade for somebody, they shouldn't have made the trade if they just wanted him to stand in the corner. Mikel Bridges yeah. would have done that just fine. Yeah, or you could have had a heat check guy with Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, going, yeah. Kind of kind of going back to that, I, like, I don't know if I can trust Phoenix now I know it's only been game one. We're overreacting. That's what that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna overreact. But anyhow, but their depth is so concerning. It's so concerning. And I know we always say you can always say this about every team. You can say that the Bucks are gonna lose because Giannis gets hurt. But Kevin Durant is an injury prone player. Devin yeah. Booker. If one of those two gets hurt, it's toast. It's absolute toast. But even if it's Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton that gets hurt, I also think they're toast. I kind of agree with that and. Speaking on the depth point, you hit the nail on the head here. Listen to this. They still haven't figured it out. It's the first round of the playoffs, and they haven't figured it out. This was their bench minutes. So Landry Shamit played 23 off the bench. Gross. And then listen to these next five. Okogie, six minutes. Ish Wainwright, six minutes. Biombo, four minutes. Terrence Ross, four minutes. Jock Lawndale, seven and a half minutes. You know what that You know what that looks like? A team that has no idea what their bench identity is. They have not figured out the rotation. Four out of those six guys would not make a rotation over in 20 teams in the league. I'm dead serious. The f- Yeah, well, you mentioned Bismack Biombo. The funniest part of it all is there was a stretch in the fourth, like end of the third, early fourth, where it was Nick Batum, Mason Plumley, and Bismack Biombo on the court uh, at the exact same time in a, in a legit playoff game. In a playoff game, and they're not in a Charlotte uniform. Who would have ever thought? And then Malik Monk's hooping like this? Tough day for Charlotte fans. I know. This is awful, but... Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I, I know it's like easy to say, uh, after game one that the Clippers can win this thing, but I'm going out and I think I would pick the Clippers to win this series. I know Paul George isn't there and mm-hmm. I know Kevin Durant know. can go off at any point and I know Phoenix is probably going to win tonight by 15 plus, but I'm just, I, I did not like what I saw. No, I agree. And the thing with the Clippers, Carter, 
they've got the depth, like we said, but did you expect Russell Westbrook to be this important for a playoff game? Because no, when, when no, they, no, when they okay. signed him, when they signed him, I didn't think he'd play meaningful minutes. I thought he'd be like a like an energy guy off the bench, matchup based, and he wouldn't play every game in the playoffs. I didn't expect this. Yeah, he was three for nineteen, whatever he was. He made some big plays. He made big plays, but we've done a little revisionist history on Russell Westbrook to where he still went three for nineteen in that game. No, like, I know. He was still he was still a net negative at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, he made the big block. Yes, he made the two free throws. And his like if you just take away the field goal attempts and all that, put that away on the side. He still had like six, seven, and six or something. Like he still had a Draymond Green type game. He took nineteen shots. That has to change. He cannot take nineteen shots again. I agree. He needs to find a way to do the things he does best in that game, like he did in that game, without taking nineteen shots. Cut it in half at least. And the other thing going back to that is why I like the Clippers is that Russell Westbrook went three for nineteen. Three for nineteen, and they still and they won. won that game. They won that game. The like, thing with Westbrook Kawhi, is, it, did, it, it took Kawhi Leonard to go off. But guess what? A Norman Powell game is inevitable. There's a 30, 35 point oh, game yeah. out of Norman Powell that is just brewing up. It's going to happen in Game Three. It's it might be tonight. Be, yeah, or it, no, it's going to be Game Four. I don't know. It might be in a loss. It might be in a loss. I don't know. Just, it's going to be a Monday or Tuesday night on on ESPN. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> It's going to be a Monday or Tuesday night on ESPN. Game four or five, Norman Powell just randomly has 32 points. That is coming. My guy Rob Perez always tweets out, live by Westbrook, die by Westbrook, all this. And I, you know, I thought it was funny for a while. It's true because you have to live by him because Norman Powell, Bones Highland, they're not making those plays at the end. They're not diving out of bounds. They might miss a free throw. They're not getting that crucial offensive rebound and kick out to Kawhi like Westbrook did. But they're also not shooting three for 19. So it's really like, man, what do we do here? The Clippers... I didn't, I didn't know how this series would go. I didn't think Kawhi would turn it back like this, but, man, he is still from the mid-range. Just he's, he's Yeah, he's up for it. And that's the, like – Automatic. Every, that is everything with Kawhi Leonard is, is he up for it. You see him dive it on the floor in these games? Like, yes. You would never see that any other time in the history of the NBA that wasn't a playoff game. It's so refreshing to watch the Clippers right now and see that. Like You're just like, oh, my gosh, this is the Kawhi Leonard we've been you know, always talking meaningful, about. The ifs and what you mentioned before, yes. And we're seeing it now, and he's so freaking good two ways. It's unbelievable. I think the Clippers I think the Clippers can legitimately win this series and I'm picking that. I'm flipping my pick. I don't care. I think they can take it to seven. I think the Suns ultimately the talent will rise to the top. They have too many options. The Clippers don't have enough experience, guys. I will say a point about the Clippers. Nick Batum needs to see less minutes and Terrence Mann needs to see more minutes. Terrence Mann is so much better switching on defense, guarding those matchups than Batum is. Sorry, not sorry. We should see a lot more of him. I think the Suns rise to the top though. They got too many options. I think when push comes to shove, Durant and Booker will demand the ball. They have to, or they're going to go home. I think they know that. But let's say it's 2-0. Let's say the Clippers do pull off the upset tonight. Things get very uncomfortable in Phoenix. And do you trust Do you trust Chris Paul and Kevin Durant to come back from two down? No, Durant got swept with the Nets. That's what I'm saying. I don't trust them, but I don't think it'll be 2-0. I think... You know, if you're listening to this, the game's already over. I think the Suns win comfortably tonight. I really do. The whole Scott Foster CP3 narrative has been blown out of proportion. Suns are winning by 15. Oh, so you have Suns minus eight and a half is what I'm hearing. Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on real quick. Let's talk about the Lakers Grizzlies. This is a surprisingly fun one. I was like, kind of, I was like, this will be fun, you know, whatever. I didn't think this would. Be- Arguably the second, not third. I think the first two we talked about are the Western Conference is just so much better to watch. It's unbelievable. These they series th- are so they much have better. Three of the three of the uh, four most fun series in the West by far. Uh, but Lakers Grizzlies. Uh, let me look at my notes on this game. I wrote down uh, Anthony Davis is a constant heart attack, and I always think he's going to die on the court. I still believe that, and I still think you know the way Anthony Davis goes out is going to be on the court because it's just. Someone's gonna. It's gonna be like the the three little pigs book. The big bad wolf is gonna <laughs> breathe on him, just yeah. blow right up, blow 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 him, and he's just gonna fall down, and that's gonna be the end of his career. I I mean I can't fault that. The <laughs> Lakers, man, don't let our friend Sam hear this. I they're fun to watch. I love watching the Lakers. I don't know why they were Maybe fun to watch. 
Maybe it's because I'm like appreciating it's LeBron, like one of LeBron's last runs. And I'm like, man, like I, I really am gonna. Even though I'm not a LeBron guy, we're gonna miss him when he's gone. Like I'm not. You're gonna, you're a closeted LeBron guy. I, I'm really not, but I have grown yes, to appreciate him the last couple of years. You're Here's a closeted the LeBron fan. My all my arguments with Sam and other hey, friends. It's about a, LeBron, hey, it's okay. LeBron this is a, no, 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 no. This is a safe space. You can come out of the closet. You can come out as a Bron sexual. It's made me appear like I hate LeBron just because I like to argue with them. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think we're going to miss him when he's gone. The Lakers, though, man, seeing LeBron defer to Austin Reeves in the last three minutes of a tied game was unbelievable. I could not, I couldn't fathom when I was watching. Is that a win for white guys? It is. White guys, you know, <laughs> good for them. White guys can jump. No, Reeves, when they signed him as an undrafted free agent, like, that's such a win for the Lakers. I mean, they've been praised for all their deadline moves. Signing Austin Reeves, free agent in Oklahoma. We okay. did this a year ago. We said Gordon Reeves or not Gordon Reeves, Gordon, Gordon. Hayward or Austin, <laughs> Gordon Hayward or Austin Reeves, and we we both said at the time Austin Reeves, and now it's just like, no, oh my gosh, if you could flip contracts. Uh, I have Austin Reeves notes right here. Uh, my th- my th- this is my thesis on Austin Reeves. He is the all time, maybe leader number one, all time leader in. Austin, hold on. Let me rephrase this real quick because I have it written down. I want to make sure I have this right. Turn the t- turn the TikTok camera on. Rephrase turn, it. I'm turning the TikTok camera on. Well, we can cut it. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Austin Reeves is the all time. This guy has such a feel, a good feel for the game. All time. Lunch pail guy. Lunch pail guy. <laughs> well, you're just like you just watch him, and he's just it, everything is smooth. Everything is just like he does. He just has such a good feel for the game when you watch him. He is like I've never seen a guy that's just more like oh yeah. He just he just gets it. Like he just has a good feel for. It. He lets the game come to him. He needs to be the Lakers' secondary ball handler in every pick and roll for the rest of the playoffs. You know, let LeBron do his thing with Anthony Davis. Fine. But Austin Reeves needs to handle the ball over D'Angelo Russell in those pick-and-roll situations. Like you said, he has a feel for the game. He can get the defender on his back. He knows when to make the pass. He makes good passes the majority of the game. He's also got that floater pretty much down. He's got the soft touch around the rim, and he was knocking down threes. What can he do? I mean, he was playing out of his mind. And they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. The new CBA rules are going to get weird, and they're going to have to match whatever somebody else offers him. And it's, it's going to be like upper $80, 90000000 million range. Absolutely. I mean, he's so good, though, man. Like, it, it, this, he is. and we, I know we've made a lot of overreactions. Me saying, "Oh, the Clippers can, Clippers are going to beat the Suns or whatever." That's probably an overreaction. But this Austin Reeves stuff, I know everyone's like, "Oh, it's Game One." That's the only reason you're saying that. This is not an overreaction. Like, not he at has all. Been this guy. He is him. He is him. That's right. And you know who else is him? <laughs> Rui Hachimura. Even though he's not going to have another game like that. That no, was, and that's what that's what really concerns me about the Lakers is. Okay, like LeBron didn't have a great game. Probably uh, he, I mean, he, didn't he didn't have yeah, to. He didn't have to. Yeah, and that's the thing. That was a very below average LeBron game. But it's one of those guys. One of these random guys are going to have to step up every game. Well, I think you'll have one game where Malik Beasley gives you a few threes. But I think for the majority of the rest of the series, LeBron and AD will play better. They just were able to take a back seat. So any chance they get when Rui's hitting threes like that, or Beasley, or James Russell's got it going, they got to take it. I mean, LeBron's getting up there in age, obviously. He didn't have to do too much at the end. I think that plays in their favor, especially with John Morant probably being out. The more they can get out of their bench guys and rotational guys in this series, especially if Jaws out, the better. On the Memphis side, what are they even supposed to do? Like They can't stop the pick and roll with AD and LeBron because they don't have sides right now. Jared Jackson is just a fouling machine. I mean, the guy cannot stay on the court. He's so much Javin Deloria in, uh, in Jared Jackson. <laughs> deep cut right there. Deep cut for Duke fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have this written down, Carter. Everybody's been, you know, obviously jacking off to the no Steven Adams thing. It's it's a big factor. No Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark is huge for them because Xavier Tillman and Santi Aldama shouldn't be seeing more than 10 to 12 combined minutes per playoff game, combined. And they're, they Tillman has to start, and Aldama played, what, 24 minutes? He was a minus 23, I think it was. Those guys aren't playoff rotational guys right now. They just aren't. So no Brandon Clark, no Steven Adams. It's a bigger loss than people think. Not just from the maturity standpoint of, oh, Steven Adams is the man in the room. Just from a, just from a, a basketball standpoint, they don't have big bodies to throw at Anthony Davis. Jaron Jackson is not a center, and he plays so much better rotating weak side off the ball than he does guarding Anthony Davis or whoever's in the post. 
You're 100%. I, I just don't know. They're going to have to just hit threes. They're going to have to get a random like Dylan Brooks game where he's not alive, not just a black hole on offense right. where he is making shots. Uh, if John Morant is out, who who's commentating this series? Do you remember? Is it Hubie Brown? No. I think they've been switching it up. Who? I don't who, I don't think I don't they have. Who, it was. who Who is Hubie doing? I don't know. I texted you and got mad. Yeah, you were texting me. I don't remember. I'll Wasn't it? Isn't it Cleveland, New York? I think it is. it is Cleveland, New York. It is Cleveland, New York. So they no, are switching it, it up then, right? Because every time Donovan Mitchell would take a, a three, he'd be like, "Oh wow, oh my gosh." <laughs> well, it, this is this is going to be the great the great thing about the Grizzly series is the analyst is going to discover Tyus Jones that Tyus Jones is a viable pack. Oh, they were all, they were They're already like, doing it. Yeah, it's just. I really like this Tyus Jones guy. You know this. He's got the highest assist to turnover ratio. He's the best. The last four years, ratio. yeah. The last four years. And every single broadcast is going to be that while John Morant's out. And he's going to play. He's going to feel like the still. This We're going crazy Carolina-Duke uh, analogies here. It's going to be like when Stillman White came in for Kendall Martin. <laughs> he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He did, it. he did his job, but he couldn't win you the game. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's going to be that's, the thing. That's what it is. But But as a Duke fan... I would be very comfortable with Tyus Jones. If Tyus Jones has the ball in his hands, the wrong decision will not be made. Speaking of Duke, guys, Luke Kennard's going to have to have a 25-point game if they want to steal one. Yeah. I, I Do you think this is a sweep? No, I don't. I don't think it's a sweep. The Lakers are too inconsistent. Yeah, they've been great since the All-Star break when they made those moves, but they're going to drop one to Memphis. And last thing that I want to say on this, I want to ask you, is it does it concern you? Or maybe not concern you. How the hell did the Grizzlies go from being like NBA, like up and coming darlings, like young team, great in the playoffs? Everybody loves to watch them, grit and grind. To man, I I want to see the Grizzlies fail. I want to see them out of the playoffs. Screw Josh. Screw Dylan Brooks. How did it happen that fast? Well, I always hated Dylan Brooks, so that's never been a new thing. Oh, me too. Every it, ever it, since it he happened. was at Oregon, it happened. On, compared to, back to college basketball, like like it. You know, like Hunter Dickinson is trying to be the villain too hard, and that's what yeah. the Grizzlies are doing. Like they're trying to be the villain too hard, and like they haven't won anything. It's like the Celtics no, exactly. a few years ago. The Celtics didn't win Jack, and they thought they were the greatest team in the league. It's like yeah. you guys lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. Congrats, the Hawks. Perfect analogy. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the Hawks are a perfect analogy. You make the Conference Finals, and you think you're all that. The Grizzlies yeah. haven't even done that. So, no, I don't I know. know. They, they took on this weird thing. If if the Grizzlies do lose this series, something drastic. They have to make one of those drastic moves. Well, I just think Dylan Brooks is too much of a black hole. I mean, John Morant clearly can be an MVP candidate, but, man, his headspace is not where it should be right now. Jaron Jackson's great, but uh, I don't know. They've always been praised for their depth, but how many of those depth guys can really give you what you want in a playoff series? Exactly. John Conchar. John Conchar Zaire Williams, Santi Aldama, they're not giving you anything in the playoffs, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's the obvious piece is Dylan Brooks has got to go. He takes too many shots away from their best players. Desmond Bain should be getting five more Dylan Brooks' shots a game. We need to come up, like during the offseason, we need to come up with a nice uh, Trey Hawk to the Grizzlies trade. A nice what? Trey, Trey Young to... Uh, Trey Young <laughs> to the Grizzlies trade. I'm having a stroke today. Trey Hawk. Trey Hawk. No. Sure. Trey Young and John Morant, uh, I don't know about that. That's just oof. that would be kind of fun. It would it would be something. Uh, the last thing on this one I have to say is we'll find out if karma is real if the Lakers and the Kings win their series, and the King and the Kings win or lose that series because that's going to be the all time revenge game for those Kings fans. One thing that concerns me, though, you think the NBA is going to give up a chance to see LeBron versus Steph in the playoffs one last time before LeBron retires? This is probably one of their last chances to do it. You think there's going to be something fishy going on in the rest of the Warriors series? Just saying, the league wants LeBron versus Steph. Or they want LeBron to move on. Or they want LeBron to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I don't I think. Mean, Le, I mean, LeBron's going to get ratings no matter what. The Lakers are going to get ratings no matter what. So that's maybe true. they create the easiest path for LeBron, but... I don't even know if well, – whatever. That, we'll talk about that when it happens. That's right, we have too right, many right. games to talk about. Last game of the Western Conference, let's talk about the T-Wolves versus the Nuggets. Nuggets up 1-0. I'll be honest. I'll be 100% honest. I live on the West Coast. Third quarter, I threw in the towel. I couldn't watch the end. Of, I, it was awful. I mean, the Nuggets I just 
The Nuggets just put on a show. Yeah, I, I watched went to the sleep. highlights after just in case. I watched. I rewatched the game. No, it was a waste of time. Nuggets are so much better than them. They should sweep them. The the T Wolves would be an all time like, hey, we need to blow it up now. They yeah. screw themselves. Rudy Gobert. They did blow it up. Useless. They did blow it up. They did blow yeah. it up for Rudy Gobert. They rushed a trade for a superstar, and I put it in quotes for everybody listening on audio. That ruined them. It ruined them. It really did. It can't be overstated. We were on this from day one talking about Cat and Gobert gelling together on defense. Watching them guard Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. when he plays the four the whole series, it's comical. It's going to be comical. Watching Cat chase them around off screens with Jokic just picking them apart from the top of the key, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. Cat can space the floor on offense fine, but defensively that just can't happen. And also... We need to have a conversation. Anthony Edwards has had some great games, but man, he has laid some goose eggs in some important games. Just saying. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's fair. So you can say sophomore slump, all that stuff. You got to show up in these playoff games. Like Lamelo is better. Lamelo is better. Ooh, all right, all right. We'll see. Um, Give me Lamelo. <laughs> let me see. What else do I have on this? Uh, I just, I was just talking. Like Jokic is so good. Jokic had like thirteen, four, and six. Utterly dominated that game. Like yeah, he didn't even, you, yeah, you look at the box score and you're like, oh my gosh, Jokic, Jokic kind of sucked in that game. No, he just controlled the game entirely. No, I agree. Um, one more random fact that I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Both Carl Anthony Towns and KCP both came out and said the Nuggets knew the Wolves' place. Tim Connolly is now the whatever he is, the Timberwolves uh, president of basketball operations of the Timberwolves. Just saying, he's toured for the Nuggets. Just putting it out there. Mm. Oh. But they well, came out uh, and said they knew the place. Just saying. Do you think the T-Wolves steal a game? I do. I do think they steal a game. I think, you know, I just talk shit about Anthony Edwards. I do think he'll have a 30, 35-point game, and they'll take a game in Minnesota. But I think this will be a gentleman's sweep. I think Denver should win in five. I don't see why they wouldn't. They're much more talented. Jamal Murray looks like he's back. The T-Wolves just can't keep up. And Kyle Anderson's had some off games, like – they just don't have the guys. They don't have the guys. Conley's great, but it's just not going to be enough. Why aren't people talking about the Nuggets more? Because they're it's, it's, insane. They're not the sexy team anymore. The Lakers are the sexy team. The Warriors-Kings series, like, that's going to get you views. Nobody wants to talk Clippers about the Suns. Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> the Suns, this Suns-T-Wolves is the most irrelevant series in the West. That's why nobody's talking about it. And I think the Nuggets probably steamroll them and get some rest before round two. Yeah, I, I think... Right now, out of the West, who are you picking? Oh, God. That's a good one. What do you think? Denver. Really? Denver. I mean, the way Jokic is moving the ball, man, it's awesome. Yeah. I can't argue that, and I, I can't hate you for that. I'm going to spice it up a little bit, though. I think I'm still going Phoenix. I think I think I'm still going Phoenix. I don't hate it. Uh, you know, they have it's the, chalk, have it's the, chalk, but they have the highest ceiling. Uh the last point I want to bring up about this about this series and then we'll move on to the east. We'll take a break real quick. Uh do we see a little final four like NCAA final four NBA playoffs correlation where we get some teams that haven't been there before really making the final making the Western and Eastern Conference finals. We don't see the typical Warriors, Lakers. I think the ideal candidates would be Nuggets versus Kings. That would be oh, like FAU yeah. versus San Diego State. I agree. Uh, and then on the on the East side, I get, I mean, you could say the Knicks, but I, I would say the winner of the Knicks Cavs series and then Philly. the Sixers. Yeah, Philly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think Philly has a legitimate shot to get the East. We'll talk about the East in a second, and then yeah, Western Nuggets Kings would be just brand new blood. It wouldn't be great for TV ratings. But, man, Sacramento would be That would be so fun to watch. That would be so so fun to watch. Because Sabonis is a Kmart version of Jokic in a lot of ways. I mean, Fox would just take it to Jamal Murray. I mean, it would be a great series. Uh, And then the last thing I had on this, if it is Nuggets versus Sixers in the NBA Finals, does that decide the Jokic and B debate? I think that will decide how people remember it, yes. I don't know if it will put like a – definitive stamp boot on it. I think both guys would play great, and I don't think it would come down to like one guy completely choking the way the series for his team. So I feel like you, whoever would lose that theoretical series, you can't fault too much because it's a team game. 
But yeah, that would that would put the taste in the mouth of everybody who remembers it back in NBA history. Be like, man, remember all that Jokic beat stuff? Well, this guy beat him in the finals, so that was kind of the end all be all. I think it would be. I think it would be. That I, think I just that, can't. I can't go that far. I think people would put a stamp on it. I know it would be recency bias, and maybe you look back ten years from now and you say, "Well, Jokic won more MVPs." Blah blah blah. I think that would solidify everything. If Jokic won, I think definitely so. I think if Embiid won, I think the jury would still be out a little bit because there's people that love. And if they Jokic. won convincingly, if it was convincingly, and then one guy convincingly outplayed the other guy, then sure. But I don't think it would go like that. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference. All right. Let's do the Eastern Conference. Let's start off Knicks Cavs. The game is on right now as we as we speak. Uh, Cavs up three at the end of the first quarter. Knicks up one zero in the series. And this is the best series in the East. It's not even remotely close. There's a, there's a reason we started with this one. There is. And like I said earlier, three of the top four series in the West. I'd put this one as number two, number three, most fun. I think it's awesome. I do think it's awesome. Brunson's ability to take control in close games has just caught me completely off guard. And I want to start with this because I think we put too much stock in when he was in Dallas and had those great playoff games. Like, oh, they didn't game plan for Brunson, which is true. But we were like, oh, they didn't game plan for Brunson. Or they're so worried about Luka that Brunson has all this freedom. He's a legit guy. He's a legit number one closer guy that can compete with the top guys in the league in the fourth quarter. I was, I've been blown away. When they signed him, I was like, man, that's kind of an overpay. He's lived up to the hype. And the Knicks fans love him. And I think that's a telltale sign. Uh, he's awesome. He's awesome. I mean, like before in the past, I've, you know... I wasn't the biggest Brunson guy, you know. I've yep. always, I've always just like had my guard up a little bit on him. It felt fluky last year with the Mavericks. Like I a went little to, bit. I went to the Mavs Jazz game. Like it felt fluky. Like how does this guy just keep making these tough shots? He keeps doing it though. He continuously is just making the toughest shots. He'll take these like these fadeaway step backs over two people, and you're just like no way. And then bang, it's in every time. Yeah. He, he's an yeah. unbelievable player. And you mentioned it. He controls the game so well. He has such a tight handle on the ball, and he is such a strong player. Like when he drives, it's strong. When he handles the ball, it's not. He, he gets he gets hard passes. He dribbles hard. Nothing about his game is soft. The list of players that I would trust to have the ball in the last five minutes of a tie game, there's not many people above him on that list. I'll put I'll put it that way. Oh, he he's been unfreaking believable. Uh, I have let's go to my back to the notes here. Uh, the Mitchell Brunson thing, it's got shades of Mitchell Murray in the bubble. Yeah, it does. I think they're gonna have some real shootouts. Donovan Mitchell has been completely ball dominant. He was in game one, and rightfully, I'm sorry, rightfully so. He's Donovan Mitchell. But here's my take on this: it kind of took Darius Garland out of the game a little bit because Donovan Mitchell had the ball, ball dominant. I think he had eight assists. So like, yeah, he had a good game. Garland had zero rebounds, one assist in game one. He's one of the best distributors in the league. I really do think so. He's such a good decision maker. Now, obviously, you're going to defer to Donovan Mitchell. He's one of the best 15 players in the league. But, man, I think the Cavs need to do a better job of getting Darius Garland involved early. It looks like they're doing that right now in game two. But having him disappear at the end of those games, you need that secondary guy to have the ball. Because Donovan Mitchell is forcing up some of these tough shots, which, yeah, he can make them. But Darius Garland turned invisible at the end of game one. And they, they can't have that if they want to win. Yeah, he did. And I love Darius Garland, too. And you you mentioned it, like, not much more to add to that. They got to give him the ball more. He's awesome. Uh, He's unfreaking believable. Uh, Donovan Mitchell went cold in that second half. He did. Well, I mean, he played too much hero ball at the end, it seemed like. And that's the issue with Donovan Mitchell is sometimes you're like, dude, just tone it down. Just quit it. Like, he plays so much hero ball sometimes it's frustrating. Speaking of hero ball, R.J. Barrett's been awful. Oh, I was going there next too, man. He's oh, he's borderline. He was at the free. Th- he was at the free throw line as we were talking. I just I just couldn't help myself. They even showed his stats from last game. He's one of four tonight, and he got a bailout foul just now. Like I'm a Duke guy, and if you like genuinely are sitting there like, man, R.J. Barrett can be a legit number one option, or he can be a great piece. No, no, there's a reason Danny Ainge traded with the Cavs instead of the Knicks for Donovan Mitchell. R.J. R.J. Barrett, you are R.J. Barrett, you are a future Detroit Piston. Oh, yeah. Him, Marvin Bagley. Oh, man. Um, Listen to this, though. There's a reason Josh Hart has been in the rotation in crunch time over him, dating back to the regular season. Yeah. I would, I want Josh Hart in over him. I'm borderline wanting Quentin Grimes or Obi Toppin in over him in some of these close games, like matchup-based. 
it's it's there. Like the conversation can be had. He can't play more than twenty five minutes a game. You know, Tibbs has a very short leash for defense. So once they got Josh Hart and they have another option to go to, you saw R.J. Barrett's minish, minutes diminish quite a bit. We're having a tough time speaking today. Yeah, I know. I don't. I just <laughs> feel like I just had a stroke right there. You know, first time on in a couple weeks for me. You know, I just have the jitters. Yeah, I I hadn't recorded in over in almost a week now. I know I, I have to be <laughs> recording every two days. We got an interview coming up. This is, we got to warm up. Uh, Mobley. Very, very oh underwhelming. I know I know we had we had Mobley bets, you know, placed and all that, but he cannot make a layup for some reason. And it's continuing right now as I was watching this game. He cannot make a layup. I don't know what's wrong with him. Usually he has pretty good touch around the rim, but man, in game one, he couldn't buy one. I think I really do think Julius Randle being, you know, extra physical like he is, just a complete wrecking ball. I think that that takes a toll on that you know a rookie's body like that or a, sorry a young guy's body like that that takes a toll like he was tired he'd been beat up all game been boxing out getting rebounds he was just missing those bunnies he didn't have that umph like there was a couple of them he probably could have taken one more pivot and dunked it be say he threw up a little floater and just roll off the back of the rim this feels like a seven game series doesn't it oh it does it does I think these teams are pretty evenly matched I mean I think for a four five series this is about as fun as you can get because like I said the parity in the league the talent in the league these are two really good, fun, high-paced teams. I want the Cavs to win just because I think they have the best chance against the Milwaukee Bucks if the Bucks can make it out and Giannis is healthy and all that. But I think the Cavs have the best chance, have a way better chance over the Knicks. But I think the Knicks might win the series. But man, if Mobley is getting roughed up by Randall in the post, you know his physicality. Imagine guarding Giannis; he is going to be in for it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The Bucks are probably going to destroy them. Uh, I think either one. Yeah. Oh, last last point on this, real quick, I want to make. Chetty Osmond cannot be guarding Jalen Brunson in the fourth quarter. He just can't. Like if, if that's the Cavs' best option, I guess – I don't know if, like, Isaac Okoro, what's going on with him, or who else they have off the bench, Lamar Stevens, like, that kind of mesh. Karis Levert can't guard him. But Chetty Osmond guarding Jalen Brunson in the fourth quarter, it's just not a recipe for success. That's their one-week link is their fifth guy. Yeah. that we're, We talked a lot about W's for white guys this weekend in the NBA playoffs. Big L. Yeah, that's a fat one right there. That's fat a fat one. one. Uh, Bucks versus Heat. Heat up 1-0. I hate the Heat. I, I hate them. I hate everything about them. I, I cannot stand them. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're just a hater. You don't like the Heat. They're dirty, man. They're a dirty team. You're, one of your players is getting hurt in the series. They're going to just beat yep. you up. They freaking they whine. They complain. I hate Kyle Lowry. We hate oh. Kyle Lowry. That's, I mean, you're speaking my language. I cannot stand Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler is, you know, per- classic. Love him on your team. Hate hate going against him. You uh-huh. know, Bam at a bio. He's, I mean, he's good. Like, I'm not gonna. I like Bam. Like, yeah. yeah, he's fine. But and then like their secondary guys, the Caleb Martins, the uh, Max Struess, the Gabe Vincents. Blech. Blech. Yeah. Well, hey, we mentioned it earlier. Get the TNT out because I think unless they beat the Bucks, even if they do beat them, you know what? I think after this year they need to blow it up no matter what. Because what noise are they really going to make? They're not going to beat the Bucks in the first round, even without Giannis. The Bucks should win in six without him. Even if he comes back, probably five without him. I don't think they win. Oh, Carter, the Bucks can beat the Heat without Giannis. Come on, I don't think so. I do think so. The Heat are being so overvalued. Their offense stinks. I know they had a good game. They one, do the stink. Buc- they the, the Bucks were caught off guard st- though. They were the, caught the, off guard no, when Giannis went down. No, no, no. They stink. They, they no, 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 no. The Bucks without Giannis are not beating the Heat. I don't think so. I mean, without Giannis, Jimmy Butler's the best player on the court. Yes, but Drew Holiday, Chris. Then who's the second best player? Is it Bam? No, it's Drew Holiday. It's 100 percent Drew Holiday. It's not close. Bam's been so. Bam's been so inconsistent. Yeah, then it's Bam, sure. Brooke Lopez, Chris Milton. I mean, these guys, Milton had a good game one. They had to step up. They've shown it in the past. I think they can do it. Brooke Lopez was second place for Defensive Player of the Year. He looks a lot but, weaker without Giannis rotating weeks. I'll tell you that. I understand that. Miami is the team, though. You look at every – like it's like when we were talking about the NCAA tournament. You look at every single stat. You look at every every single thing in this world tells you the Bucks are better than them in every single way. But for some reason, the Heat just make games weird. They make games awkward. They, they do. No, there's no such thing as an easy game against the Miami Heat. I will say underrated piece, though. Tyler Hero broke his hand. He's out for the playoffs. They need that scoring. But like, they need that scoring. They won without him? They did. They did. Hey, Duncan Robinson siding next game? Ugh. Duncan I don't know, Robinson, man. you are a hornet. I just think 
I really do think the Bucks can still win in six or seven without Giannis. If Giannis doesn't touch the floor the rest of the series, I'm still taking the Bucks. No shot for me. No shot. I, I, Come on. I've been burned by the Miami Heat one too many times in my life. They're I've, dead. They're a dead card. They shouldn't even be that's here. That's what they want you to think. That's what they want you to think. All-time gross series. They're like the Tennessee Titans of the freaking NBA. There's, they're all, they're all, always there. All-time gross series. All-time gross series. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, other notes I had on this. Gross games. Heat suck. Uh, both these teams kind of feel stale to me. Is that weird they to do. say? No, the Bucks are number one seed in the, in the Eastern Conference, and they kind of feel stale. Like, I just don't enjoy watching them play, really. Like, if they made the finals, yeah, cool, but I'm not going to be, like, on the edge of my seat, like, gosh, it's going to be so exciting. Yeah, and it feels like Boston, and then maybe it's just media hype, but they just feel like they have a little more oomph about them, a little more ink, something. Yeah. There's a little more juice in there, and I maybe it's the depth, maybe it's that the they just play a more interesting style of basketball. Yeah. But if it's Bucks Celtics, I think I, I'm I'm flipping my picks left and right, and I'm gonna flip next week when we record. But <laughs> I think it's the I think the Celtics come out of this. Yeah, I don't hate that. For how much Chris Middleton was praised a few years ago, it just feels like he's irrelevant now. He had a great game one, but I don't see him turning on the rest of the playoffs. It just seems like the Bucks' time is kind of like uh, I don't know. Drew Holiday's still really good, but it does seem like Boston has more umph to him. You know, it'd be um, an all-time all-time gross series, Sixers Bucks. Oh my god! Or, yeah, no, that would be that would Buc- be the gross one. Bucks Knicks, Bucks Knicks. That'd also be pretty gross. Randall <laughs> and Giannis might literally actually, shoulder actually, each other out of their existence. Heat Knicks, Heat Knicks. Don't even speak that. <laughs> uh, Celtics Hawks. Boston's up one zero. They're about to be up two zero. We're watching the game right now. I mean, they're just killing the Hawks. Hawks have no answer. Uh, we talked about TNT. You know, we need to wrap the dynamite around someone. Get it Hawks. ready to explode. Hawks are the Hawks are number one. They're suspect number one. They have to blow something up. They have they have to make a crazy trade. It's just a little mind boggling to me that the Hawks have so much like p- talent on paper. They have so many pieces. They're starting five. I mean, they're among talent wise on paper. They're one of the best starting five in the league. They're top ten for sure. They got guys off the bench. They got Sadiq Bey, Bogdanovich, Okongwu is a great young piece. I don't know how they're this bad. Which, yeah, they're in the playoffs. They're not awful, but their defense sucks. Trey Young looks like he's regressed ever since they changed those foul rules. He's still getting to the line, but, man, he just doesn't shoot as much anymore. And I think part of that is Quinn Snyder. I'm not really sure. I thought DeJounte Murray would pair nicely with him. It's not really working out. I feel like they should be better, but the East is just pretty talented. The whole league's talented now. So the Hawks run the Eastern Conference that one year. It was a it was a weak it was a weak playoff. So those injuries, everything was going wrong. They might need to blow it up. I don't think this core is going to reach the Eastern Conference Finals again. Who gets sent off? You got to you got to cut the head off the snake. I mean, if you're Trey Young, I don't know how I don't know how much he likes Quinn Snyder. I don't know if they're going to give him another year to like see what he can do in that partnership. But man, I mean. If I'm the Hawks, I'm, I'm going to see what I can give for him in the market. And it's probably not as good as it was two years ago because he's sucked ass lately, but eventually you got to move on. And John Collins has been on the trading block for like two and a half years, so what do you do with that also? I just don't know what they get for Trey Young. The thing is, I don't think they'll get enough in return to make it worth it for him. I think they value him more than other teams in the league do now. A hundred thousand percent. But let's stop talking about the Hawks because they're getting swept. Uh one of the all-time NBA TV series, you know, you know, you get a random, oh. it's a random Tuesday night, like tonight, and it's like, it's oh, Saturday what, what, at noon. <laughs> yeah, like what playoff games are on today? And you're like, oh, we have like Knicks, Cavs, that's awesome. We got Laker or Clippers, Suns, that's awesome. Uh, Bucks or Hawks, Celtics, and you're just like, oh, this might as well be Wizards, Raptors, or any yeah. of those Jeff T. Hawks games, you know, when they were the one seeds and all. We that talked crap. about it, and I, and I brought up the Raptors Wizards series from a few years ago with yeah. John Wall when Paul Pierce was there, and then also just classic DJ Augustine special. I mean, DJ Augustine yeah. owned NBA TV for a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, and like anytime the Pistons were the eight seed, the Magic were the eight seed when they. Were oh my their, God! When they were having their little fun run switching back, the- and you're like, oh wow, I get to watch. I don't even those, remember. Uh, dude, those Pistons teams with like Drummond, Greg Monroe, and yeah. Josh Smith. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Just all-time miserable. 
Oh, those are so bad. And Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson was their point guard. Like, we're talking about, like, imagine what the Hawks now could have done to those teams then. Like, that was the 7-8 seed. Was the, was that crappy Pistons team with Greg Monroe Ugh. and Andre Drummond, or any of those Magic teams with Vucevic and Fournier as their best two players? Come on. Ugh. Ugh. Well, you know, we as Hornets fans, we dream to be in that position. We do. Um, last thing I'll say about this: Boston should cruise. I think the Hawks might still win at home. I think Boston might come out flat game three or something. It'll never be in doubt though. This series will never be in question. They should, gentlemen, sweep them. One interesting uh, thing I've seen so far. Grant Williams is not playing anymore. They're playing Sam Hauser in the eight-man rotation, and Grant Williams is out. Not the biggest deal in the world. Just thought it was interesting. Should they sit people in game four if they're up 3-0? No, no. Huh? It's the playoff crazy? Field. Yeah, it would. Because the Sixers are going to sweep, are going to sweep the Nets. The Celtics are probably going to sweep the Nets. If I mean, you you maybe put a limits a minutes restriction? I mean, maybe just tell them to go out there and just – you, you got to try to put their, your foot on their throat in the first half, and then you get subbed out midway through the third. But That's a ridiculous thought. It is. It's the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, Brogdon has been great for them. Derek White's been their third best player. They look good. I mean, they got some oomph to them. Tatum, Tatum needs to get his shot right this series. This is a get-right series. Uh, they have the best depth in the league by far. If they're healthy, does anybody stop Boston? Because in my opinion, I think they're the favorite as long as they stay healthy because they have so many pieces, and if one thing does it doesn't go well, they can slot in someone else. Weirdly, the most important person outside of Jason Tatum is Robert Williams. I agree completely, and he's coming off the bench right now, but he's so impactful. The Boston Celtics, one through seven in their rotation, that's the best one through seven in the league. From number one through number seven, there's not a team, you, you know, oh, the Suns have all these. No, the Suns' seventh player is unknown. It's Damian Lee, it's Josh Kogi, Tory Craig. You have no it's idea. A, it's a, it's a Agua Caliente Clipper, basically. Yeah, it is. So you have no idea. One through seven, the Celtics have seven guys that can legitimately start and play 30-plus minutes in a playoff game, and that's so underrated. Uh, Yeah, I love Boston. I think this series stinks. I don't know why we spent this much time. Let's talk about yeah, Nets, Nets Sixers, and let's close shop here so we can watch the playoff games. Uh, I wrote one word down for this series, and it's boring. Snoo- snooze fest? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been, been smarter. Yeah. No, I, I I look like a Snorlax watching this series. Just a fat dude that's asleep watching because it it's so boring. I mean, it, it, you don't have to make it complicated. The Nets just don't have enough talent to compete with the Sixers. Their record, they're largely a 60 because of what Durant and Kyrie did before they left. You know, side note, I heard this on Bill Simmons' podcast. They were 11 games above 500 when they blew it up. That's crazy to me. Anyways, that that's why the Nets are the 60. They don't have enough talent. I will say, a little, a little concern for the Sixers. I know Harden's been hurt. 65% of the game looks like he does not give a shit. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> That's just James Harden in the playoffs. It's, but, it's man, it looks it looks worse this year, though, because even before he would do that, then he would make a couple insane plays like, oh, my God, he's hit a step back over two people. He's not really doing that this series. I know he doesn't have to try that hard, but, man, it's a little weird. Yeah, I wrote down, <laughs> weirdly enough, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson would be very helpful to the Phoenix Suns. Or one, like, Dude, you, like if they could have just would, kept Cam Johnson around. Would you, would you give up Kevin Durant for them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, um, but, like, Mikael Bridges has been fun to watch. You know, he's exciting. He, he's he's, he's playing a legit well. guy. He's a legit number one guy. He might be most improved next year. Number one. I don't know if he's the number one guy that could lead a team to the finals, but he's putting up 26 a game, and we have a large sample size. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I think uh, he can be a top two guy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other thing I wrote down, this is a good question. This will this will probably get TikTok, so be prepared. Uh, All right. Is is this 76ers NBA playoff run setting up to be the ultimate Philly disappointment? Kind of going back to the Eagles losing the Super Bowl, the Phillies losing the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Union in the MLS losing the MLS final. Are the Sixers set up to go into the NBA finals and lose this year? I mean, that would suck because this is probably Embiid's MVP year. That would just destroy that city and fan base. But Those are some passionate. It fans. was basically Jalen Hurts' MVP year. Uh, no, I know. It was probably I don't I don't Bryce Harper. You know I think he's on the Phillies. <laughs> it, it was it was probably Bryce Harper's MVP year too. It was probably uh, Bedoya's MVP year on the Philadelphia Union. The thing about the Sixers is you can say what you want to. They're very talented. If you just close your eyes and picture the NBA Finals. Do you see James Harden and Joel Embiid raising that trophy? Because I don't. 
but counterpoint, I think we say that all the time in college basketball. Eh, you know what? That's fair because I could have envisioned UConn winning the title. So that that's a, that's not fair. But you're right. I can't. I, I cannot get there in my mind. I can't sit there and be like, you know what? I see Joel Embiid lifting the freaking Larry O'Brien trophy. I, I don't see it. I cannot. For, for how talented the league is and how many good teams there are in the playoffs, if these if some of these guys stay healthy, it's hard for me to take the Sixers in some of those late, later round matchups. It really is. I mean, as good as Embiid is, as good as Harden can be, and as good as Maxie's been, even Tobias Harris has had two good games in a row. I don't think they can stick it out, and I don't think their bench is any good either. Their only bench guy that I trust in the series is Anthony Melton. I mean, we, we've seen way too much Jalen McDaniels as, as a Charlotte Hornet, and I don't trust him. People are finally catching up being like, oh, yeah, this guy isn't that great. Yeah, what a dumb turnover. Why would he shoot that? Is his head down the whole game? Yeah, it is. Oh, does he not know what to do on a fast break ever? At every, every single fast break, he makes the wrong decision? Oh, yeah, that does happen. Um, if he misses a shot, will he commit a dumb foul? Well, sure, of course he will. <laughs> I I just don't think Philadelphia can handle Boston. And I like it looks all right right now with, with Philadelphia because they're playing against the worst team in the playoffs, arguably. Yeah, the worst team in the playoffs. Not arguably. They are the worst yeah, they, team in the they, playoffs. Yeah, they are. They are. I think Boston's defense – I mean, how annoying is Marcus Smart going to be or Derek White on James Harden? Oh, yeah. And they can – yeah, like you said, throw Derek White, throw Marcus Smart. They can, they, they can put Tatum or Brown on him. They can put whoever they want on just, him. And just just let him be – and Bede's going to get his 35 and 15 or whatever. Yeah. But guess what? You, you got to stop Maxi. You stop Harris. You stop Harden. I don't think that's that crazy to ask if you're a Celtics fan. I think, I think the Celtics kind of win easily. It's I, I would put Celtics at 4-1, 4-2. I don't think it goes to 7 if that happens. Or when it happens, it's happening. They're both sweeping. I don't think so either. Um, it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be a fun series, I think. But, man, it would take some, like, all-time Embiid games on both ends of the floor. And it would take hard, like, and, actually and trying and actually giving yeah. effort. Yeah, exactly. It has to be, like, or, when Maxi goes off for, like, one week, they're like, you know Maxi's been averaging 31 points a game in his last three games. They're like, oh, that's cool. He's not doing that. No, I agree. And to ask P.J. Tucker and Tobias Harris to guard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that's that's just – I don't think that's the moves. D'Anthony Milton has to play a big role in that series. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. The Celtics have too many guys to throw at the Sixers' best players, especially Harden. I don't see it either. Uh, real quick, it's – Oh, too, what? May I? May I real quick? Uh, UNC guys, want to shout out Cam Johnson. What a game. What a game hey, by Cam Johnson. Any postered in any postered in beat. I have him plus nine fifty to have the most threes in this series. I'm I'm thrilled. I need this to be a sweep. I love that bet, by the way. Love that bet. All right, go ahead. Um, I just want to sit, shout out Cam. Uh, real quick, it's Tuesday, April eighteenth. So middle of the first round, kind of. Who wears your NBA Finals picks right now? NBA Finals picks right now. Um, put me on the spot here. Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking chalk in the West. I'm going the Phoenix Suns. And man, I was high on the Sixers coming into the year. And I still am decently high, but the more we just talked about it, with Giannis's injury and everything, Boston's Boston's too deep, top to bottom in their rotation. They're too deep. I got Boston Phoenix, and I think if Phoenix makes it all the way to the finals, they're not losing again. I don't think Durant will let him. So I got Phoenix over Boston. I've got Denver over Boston. I got or not Denver over. I got Boston over Denver. I got Boston over Denver in the NBA Finals. I. I Celtics revenge tour. If it's anybody, well, I won't say this. If it's Boston, Denver, I'm picking Boston. But I think Phoenix makes it there, and I think they win. What if it's somehow a rematch? I know the Warriors are in a bad spot right now, but let's say it's a rematch. I think it, the Celtics will kick their ass if it's a rematch. I really do. I, I think do they would. Wear, I would. I think they would wear them down. I think it'd be like a classic, like passing of the torch. Like, oh man, they're here, and then all the talk shows would be. Is this the Celtics' new dynasty? Like, did Steph just pass the torch to Jason Tatum? I mean, he's only twenty-one. Like, you know, the classic. Hey, you're a part of this. You're you you are. <laughs> I do contribute to this. You're right. <laughs> uh, Lakers Celtics. That would. Get, oh my god, that would be unbelievable. That'd break every rating in the world. I, and I would. I mean, I would just hammer the Celtics because luckily, luckily, like the public betting, there's so many Laker fans and so many LeBron fans where they would talk themselves into winning that series. You're like, no, if anybody has watched basketball this year, it's the Celtics. If, there if might be played. the there might be the most money ever put on a series in that in that series ever, all time. 
Uh, but all right, that'll do it from us. We went we went over an hour here. It was a good pod. We had we had to catch up. We had to get I know. get through everything. We're gonna be here all NBA playoffs. Don't you worry. Haven't uh, talked hoops in a while. That was great. I enjoyed that. But we get to talk football next week. We get to talk football next week. Looks like Bryce Young. It Lead looks us. Like Bryce Young. Lead us. Uh, we're still working out the details on it. We may do a little a quick like 15, 20 minute preview show, but I think we're gonna be live. We're gonna oh, be live the, watching the for draft. The first round. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna be live. Not the whole first round. I'm not staying up. I'm not making you guys stay up to 1 a.m. to watch the Ravens pick a left tackle. Fair enough. But through the Titans pick, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll go through like the top 10 maybe. Once we hit top 10, then we could we could start going off on the pod. But yeah, we'll we'll be back right, next right. week. NFL draft. It looks like it's gonna be Bryce Young and the Panthers. I'm praying. Uh, I I'm going full delusional. Panthers fan next week. I already am. I'm, I've already locked in plus 280 for the NFC South. Me too. Me too. In. Already put it in. Me too. I, I already locked in the Super Bowl. I've already locked in everything for the Panthers, and it's just going to get worse from here on out. Uh, but I can't wait to talk football. We'll be here all NBA playoffs. We'll have Zach on again soon later on in the playoffs, maybe right before the conference finals uh, get there. And then we have interviews coming around. They're just going to be you know slotted in here and there. Uh, Kyle Beckerman, former U.S. Uh, U.S. World Cup player. On the 2014 run, he's coming on Real Salt Lake legend, Very nice. current, current Utah Valley head coach of the men's soccer program there. But awesome shows ahead. Uh, make sure to follow us on everything. You know the drill. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the pod. You're watching on YouTube. Hit subscribe. It would be nice. Thank you. If you're watching on Spotify, you're listening on Spotify, you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you all next time.